I'm Dr. Molina, and welcome back to my podcast, Practically Healthy with Dr. Molina, where I take the science and tell you what you should do, will do, and can do. And I have awesome guests every week, and I'm super, super excited about my guest today. We go way back, way, way, way back, and uh, we're going to start singing, actually. We were singing before this, so um, my guest, Lisa Lillian, you probably know her as Hungry Girl. I know her as Hungry Girl and Lisa Lillian, but she's one of my favorite people on the planet, and she is also one of the most practical people on the planet when it comes to eating healthy and making food taste delicious, and that's why I love it so much. So, Lisa... Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm I'm so excited to be here. And Truly, you look, you look great. <laughs> you. you look great with the uh, with the microphone do holding I? it up. Yes, we're gonna do a little a little <laughs> duet later. But first of all, we're gonna you get, keep saying we're gonna sing, and that's just not gonna. happen. I, it's not gonna happen for me either. <laughs> People do not. If I sing, the podcast is history. It's toast. Like they were. I think they will actually pull me off Apple Podcasts. My singing is so horrendous. So I I'm bet with you're you. better. Though. I'm terrible. I bet you're better. And I won't do karaoke in Los Angeles because everyone here is like a voice contestant. Okay. Like, <laughs> you can't. I have to go out. I can either be on a cruise or if I go to Ventura County, it's okay. But anywhere in LA County, you okay, can't let's do karaoke. Go, let's go in disguise. We'll wear like <laughs> clown glasses and go to... Okay, let's jump right in. in though. Okay, for the like three people on the planet who actually don't know what Hungry Girl is, is tell us I, lo I love your tagline so tell us a little bit about what hungry girl is how you got started how this empire was built so hungry girl started back in 2004 and that was before there were blogs or there were social media platforms it started as a daily email service and it still is a daily email service wait you didn't start with pigeon it wasn't said it was there were, a pigeon. There was computers. We had email lists. <laughs> yes. And, okay. Great. I'm not Just that old. Sure. It was not Pony Express. It <laughs> Pony was actually. Express it was actually. <laughs> I was like pigeons. Pony Express. No, but Hungry Girl. I first of all, I have no degree. I am the opposite of you. You have like. 10,000 degrees. I have zero degrees. I am just hungry. I am not a nutrition professional. I'm not a chef. I am just a person who loves food, who is very practical about the foods that I eat and finding ways to swap things and make them better for you. And I love to gossip. So I decided back in about 2002, 2003 that I wanted to do something more with this. And then I launched Hungry Girl in 2004 as a daily email service. And because of the success of that, it's branched out into so many different things. But basically, if I had to give you, sum it up in one line, it's that I help people make smarter, more practical food choices. And the email just started out, I mean, it was really just your friends. You were, people wanted to know what you were doing, right? I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I, I did. I wanted, I created a cute, like a cute logo. And I was like, I'm going to just send out information. And I basically reached out to all my friends and I said, who was interested in getting this? So there were like maybe 70 people that said, yes, please send it to me. And then just it just grew via word of mouth strictly like it just it caught on with weight watchers that was how early early on people were hearing about it people on weight watchers you know they love to talk about food and women especially really love to share what they're eating like men not so much but because women love to like really talk about food and share that it just helped grow the brand so quickly. Well, they, yeah, they like to share what they like, what mm -hmm. works for them, what they enjoy, like little secrets. And I think that's kind of what you did from the beginning. So what the first book was, how did, how did it become a book? Cause that's a big deal. So the daily emails started to catch on and, and I had, you know, first I had, 
as I said, a couple hundred subscribers, then a thousand, then ten thousand, then a hundred thousand. Then, when hundreds of thousands of people were reading what I was saying every day, um, people like publishers were interested. So they were like, "Well, do you want to put a book together?" And I said, "Okay." You know, I was like, "Great! I'm not a chef, but I'll make a cookbook." Um, I'm more of a mad scientist, and so the first book came out, I think, in around. 2000, I don't even want to say the wrong time, 2008, 2009. So I'd been doing it for a bunch of years before then, but the books started around then and I've had many, many books since then. And it's all about keeping things practical and very, very simple. Um, and I would say I, I kind of follow trends in food. I don't sort of create trends. My audience, it's really middle America and I want to make everything very relatable and not too difficult and not scary. So it's for the average person who likes to, you know, go to their supermarket or go to Walmart and grab ingredients and make smarter choices. And that's what makes it so practical. I mean, it is, I mean, even for somebody like me, who is definitely, let's say culinarily, is that a word? Culinarily yeah. challenged. I mean, I, I look at most cookbooks, including my own, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm probably not going to do this, like ever. Maybe there's five recipes in all of my books with all the herbs and spices that I would do. But I look at your books and I'm like, okay, this I can do. I recognize these things. I have these things in the cabinet. Sometimes it's just throwing together things that are already pre-made. Easy. Like, yeah. Easy is key. I grew up with a mom that like, she was a very good cook, but she made like five things and she never followed a recipe. And I would get these cookbooks as a child and I'd be like, mom, can we make this? I remember I had like a Snoopy, like a peanuts cookbook. I'm like, can we please make Lucy's lollipops? And she'd be like, no, we don't have this one ingredient. I'm like, can we just go to the store? And she was like, no. So I'm like, I am going to create cookbooks with ingredients that either people already have or they're so easy to get because I didn't want anyone at home to feel like I felt when I was a child when I couldn't make the recipes. Oh. So everything is, you don't have to feel bad. It's okay. It's well, okay. and now you're, you say you're such a rule follower. So I, I'm surprised that you would even want to go, you know, off the rules for any of this stuff, but apparently it's worked for you. Well, it, it has. And I like to think of the books as inspirational. So I want people to take ideas. So there's always been like there have been Hungry Girl concepts over the years that have caught on, like my egg mugs. I will meet people all the time that say the egg mugs have changed their life because people are lazy in the morning. They feel like they don't have time for a hot breakfast. They don't want to mess up the skillet. So you could just make eggs in the microwave. And so I probably have 40 or 50 egg mug recipes in all the books. And people can then say, well, I took your egg mug and I did this to it or that to it. I make growing oatmeal where I like double the serving size of your oatmeal by adding twice as much liquid and cooking it for twice as long. And then you let it sit and it grows. So maybe I have 30 recipes for that, but people will add to it and make it their own. It's it's really about inspiring people and having people sort of take it and run with it. And that's such a cool concept because you don't realize, you say you're not a scientist, but you're applying scientific principles, which is interesting because, so the concept of like volume eaters, I mean, I, I know me personally, I'm definitely a volume eater. I had, you know, the, the woman who wrote French Women Don't Get Fat is a very good friend of mine. And I, I spent some time with her in New York and I remember at her house for breakfast and it was like a, a tiny little triangle of so cheese <laughs> and, and toast. And I'm sorry, Mireille, if you're listening to this, I, but and, I and like a the tiny, pronunciation of a her tiny name, little though. thing of coffee. And I was like literally looking at my watch. 
waiting for her to leave so I could go get a real breakfast because right. I'm a volume eater. And the concept of too. more volume with fewer calories is exactly, and I love you say like ginormous this, ginormous that. I steal that from you sometimes. I always give you That's attribution. Okay. But, That's okay. Um, so, but, and, and there's products too. I mean, I think, you know, everybody in nutrition and a lot of my colleagues, everybody's like, oh, it has to be minimally processed. Yes, certainly. And nothing out of a package, nothing. But I'm sorry, I've got two young kids. And by the way, I'm kind of a lazy cook and eater too. So there's no way. And, and you really, there's a lot of products and you, but you curate everything. So how does that how does that happen? So I, I mean, so many, so much of what you said, I want to touch on, but like, I do believe everything in moderation is fine. And I do follow trends. So back when I first started, everybody was really into like diet culture and sugar-free this and fat-free that. And I used a lot of products like that, but as the world evolved and changed and that people were reading labels and wanted things that were more natural, luckily now everybody's doing that. You can go to Walmart and Target and find all natural and organic or whatever it is you're looking for right there. But I do believe everything in moderation. So there are good things that you can find on shelves. And yes, part of what I do is I'll write about products. So I do find products that I love. It's not only about recipes and I try them out. And then I honestly tell people like, I actually have a podcast where most of the time it's just doing food hauls. So it's like the whole haul is from Trader Joe's or from Walmart and we find things, taste them, tell people, is this a good choice? And if so, why? And is it worth the money? And does it taste right? And how are the calorie counts? So that is a lot of what I do. I'm like a little bit of a detective. I love yeah. that. And I mean, it's, it's interesting because I have done a Trader Joe's shopping list for patients for about the last Best. 18 years. Best. And my patients tell me that is the single most, I mean, I guess I shouldn't take this personally, but sometimes they are like, that is the single most useful thing you've ever provided us. Because at the, at the end of the day, you can have a lot of information, but you need to be able to translate it into the shopping cart and people, the kitchen. they want to be told exactly what to they eat. They do. And I hate that. I hate telling them exactly what to eat because that's just against, I feel like they should figure it out themselves. But well, it is, you know, so this is what I was going to say. Like people will always say to me, what do you think is the biggest problem that people have? They want their hand held a little bit too much. And I feel, and I'm wondering if you feel this with your patients, you have to help them discover what works for them. Because we are volume eaters, but right. your friend, wherever she is in New York, uh -huh, likes yeah. that little, I could, you could pay me a million dollars, I couldn't <laughs> pronounce right. her well, name. from New Jersey, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, from New, I'm from Long Island, whatever, but whatever, same, same thing, yeah. right? But she's satisfied eating a little cheese triangle. Right. So like people need to know what are your trigger foods? What are the foods that make you hungrier? What are the foods that make you satisfied? What's going to make you feel good? And what should you eat in the morning versus in the afternoon or at night? And once people do that work and discover on their own, I think that they have an easier time managing 100%. their weight. And, and much better time maintaining their weight. And that's why, I mean, and, and I've probably lost a lot of patients over the years because they come in and they want me to tell them exactly what to eat. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, I understand this and this and this. You just, just tell me what to eat, which I eat. I'm like, I am not going to tell you that. Like you need to, I, I was just talking to a patient right before this where I'm like, you need to figure out the foods that make you full. Like it's different, like for me, as much as I love the concept of smoothies, mm -hmm. they don't satisfy me. I could put 
I mean, literally, I could put a bucket of French fries in a smoothie, and I would still, <laughs> something about the that liquid <laughs> calories, I could put a pound of ice cream fudge, not that I would do that, obviously, right. it would be as healthy, but, so, but a lot of my patients, they do great, so it really is, if you do, I like to give them the foundation, mm -hmm. and you do a hundred times better job of that, because for you, they can go anywhere, I mean, you, you have halls, like you said, Walmart, I mean... Right, it you have drugstores. Yeah, anything. I, I mean, fast food, and and it's true. Like I, I'm with you. I don't like to drink too many calories, but I do have a whole bunch of smoothies that I make and drink. But I think like 100 calories is my limit for what I'd want to drink. But there are plenty of people who want to drink an entire meal's worth of calories in right. their smoothie. They they probably wouldn't love my recipes unless they drink like three of them. But but you know, everyone has to learn what works for them. That's really key. That's the key. And interestingly enough, I mean, you say this before, you're, it, this did not start out as a diet. I mean, this is really a lifestyle, which I think is another key to long-term success. You started this not jumping into the diet, right. yeah. onto the diet bandwagon. Exactly. I wanted to just have a resource for people that worked with whatever plan they were on. And I did. I grew up with a mom who was like a yo-yo dieter. To this day, I mean, she's in her 80s. She's still yo-yo dieting. She still doesn't understand like what is a lifestyle change versus a diet. And I didn't like that. It made me uncomfortable. It's because anybody can follow a specific plan for a limited period of time and then cut out A, B, C, D, or E. But then once you go off that plan, A, you haven't learned anything. B, you're going to go probably go off the rails and eat everything. And then what have, you know, how can you live like that forever? So I do try to teach people and I love the fact that they can learn what to eat. And I think early on in like the early days of points counters on Weight Watchers, it really helped people. You sort of forced people to learn how many points or how many calories are in a food. And then they started to make better choices. Right. And I feel like that's, you know, that's kind of what I do. I like people to know Knowledge is power. You know, you give them the information, then they can make their choices. I 100%. I mean, I think you've gone one step beyond that, though, because I give people lots of information, but you also have to give them the practical tools to implement that information. And I think that's what you've done such a brilliant job. Yes, an doing. air fryer. Everybody air, needs an air fryer. You know, I got, you know, I. <laughs> do you I, have an air fryer? No, I do. What? I have, I have bought and returned. When's your birthday? April. Okay. I good. have bought and returned every. Okay. Let. That's a good question. So here, we'll, let's let's jump to your favorite kitchen appliance. But I guess you've already answered that. But no, I the magic bullet. Oh, that the air okay, fryer. That I have that. Both of them. Okay. But, the bullet is great. I return the air fryer. I couldn't figure. I return the Instapot. I returned. Wait. Every, why did you return the air fryer? I actually don't think I unwrapped the air fryer because, you know, do you have a book like air fryer for dummies? I have because a lot. Well, I'm I coming out. My to. next book will have a hundred, at least a hundred air fryer and a hundred slow cooker recipes. So that's good. But it's, it's so easy. The air fryer is so simple and so fast. I think it's, it's less intimidating than the instant pot. Not that the Instant Pot is so intimidating, but it, the air fryer is so simple. I, I thought you the need Instant it. Pot was supposed to be the simplest thing ever. It, it's fast and it's good, but it's a pressure cooker. And some mm. people don't like the steam that shoots out when you use it. I mean, it, it's fine. I love it. And I love a slow cooker, but the air fryer is just the greatest. So what's your favorite thing to make in the air fryer? I just do all kinds of little dumplings. I get like wonton wrappers and tortillas. And I'm, you know, I'm not typically a person that eats a lot of carby things, but I love how they work in the air fryer. And you can just take anything and turn it into like the best egg roll or dumpling or crunchy wrap and... It's just the best. 
Wow, I bet my kids would love that too. And oh, then, totally. I mean, the thing too about this is that it's very family friendly, right? And and you do, I know you do. Like it could be cooking for one, or it could be cooking for. Posse, yeah, there's a right? lot, a lot of cooking for one, but then there are like two serving recipes. There's family meals. I mean, I probably have a book for everything. And the last few books, I would say probably, I don't even know, like the last four of my books are all natural. Yeah. So for a while, I was using a lot of those ingredients that people would be like, why are you using sugar-free Cool Whip? Which, you know, whatever. I don't use much of that anymore. So it's um, it's good for families, good for singles, good for people that are on the go that, that just don't have time and don't really want to spend a whole lot of time in the kitchen. Well, I mean, and that is definitely me. And I, I love, you know, it, it's for, for busy people. So what are like some, let's go through like some, because you have so many great tips. I feel like I could talk to you for hours about this and I'm going to learn a lot too, but like tips for busy people. Like what, what are some things that we, are there some things that we absolutely should have in our cabinet at all times or what, what's the best thing for somebody? Yes. Everything from Trader Joe's. <laughs> everything for Trader Joe's. Truly. No, but Just there are so many, ship. I feel like right now, especially the world is changing so that Everything is about convenience yes. and healthy convenience. So pre-cut, pre-spiralized, pre-riced veggies, pre-spiralized zucchini, you can get fresh, you can get frozen. So like, I like to keep things frozen a lot because I never know when I'm going to eat it. And if something can last a few months, it's better than having it fresh and go bad. You don't want your slimy zucchini noodles after like three days. Yeah, We've all been bad. there. Or you can just get a spiralizer yourself and it takes two seconds to spiralize something. Now, you're getting a little crazy there. Sorry, that's a little too much. <laughs> it looks uh, like a pencil sharpener. Have you ever sharpened a pencil? I, I not well. Yes, I, I, I tell you, yes, but, <laughs> but that is true. I don't know. I, I, I like. Let's go with the frozen. You know what people don't realize about frozen too is that in some cases it's actually more nutritious than fresh because they pack it at the at the peak right time of ripeness and then it maintains all the polyphenols and the and as long as you don't boil it in a lot of water mm -hmm. and drain off all the B and C vitamins, it's actually healthier because a lot of people assume that. Fresh is always the best, but that's not true. So I love the frozen. No, ice. and it's a lot of times people make excuses. And if you have it in the house, you just I just always say, like, set yourself up for success. Yes. Have things in the freezer, have things in the fridge, have pre-cooked proteins, have pouches of tuna, or even now Starkist makes those chicken pouches that are great. It's pouch chicken. Like, people should not be scared of that either. It tastes really fresh. It's all white meat chicken. It's very good. And it's so easy. And then you don't have an excuse. You're like, ugh, I have to eat a pizza. No, you don't. You can just pull something out of your pantry or your freezer that could be healthy. So it's just about being prepared. Like I the love Boy it. Scout said. No, I, yeah, I, I, I love the idea of taking away excuses because I spend a lot of my time in my office hearing people's excuses and trying to counteract them. And one of the things that I say in, in my books, my, you know, five books compared to your 15, but no, no, is, is that, you know, always have a plan, but always have a plan B too, and mm -hmm. maybe even a C. So like one of the things I say, when people come back from vacation, so instead of ordering pizza for the first three nights, cause you haven't got, like, if you have frozen things in the cabinet and whatever, a jar of salsa and some herbs and spices. Obviously, that's something that's that I'm quite thing. passionate That's yeah. my thing. Um, are there a lot of spicy recipes in the books, or what do you do with herbs There are. I mean, I yeah, I mean, that's how you flavor things up, especially because so much of my, like, my audience, they avoid sodium. So, mm. I mean, I'm not a sodium avoider personally, but everyone is so aware of sodium that you want to spice things up to give it nice flavor. But having a plan is key. I mean, like I am, again, I keep telling you I'm a rule follower. And I also, like if I know I'm going to a certain restaurant, I will 
Google it and I look up the menu oh, and then wow. I decide. You're that girl? Oh yeah, you That's don't do impressive. that. No, I do not. You don't. You're not curious about the menu, and I don't know. Like I always do that, and I think I just think it's like a good way to be prepared. So when you sit down, you kind of have some idea of what they have and what you might want to order. Maybe I'm just crazy. No, know. no. Well, maybe a little bit. <laughs> no, you know what I do before I'm going out is I, I know what kind of restaurant it is, and I always have some sense for what the food is going to be like, what my options are. And so I decide during the day kind of what I feel I'm going to indulge in. Mm -hmm. Is it going to be, is that, do I know that this restaurant has killer desserts? Then that's, I'm going to choose a lighter meal. Do I know this restaurant has my favorite wine? So that's how I think ahead. I do, I do and that too. I also too. plan my day. I'm like, okay, this restaurant has a lot of good everything. So, and not that I'm going to starve myself all day because I think that's a big mistake that people make. Huge. But I'm going to eat clean. I'm going to eat lean and green and clean during the day. I'm going to eat mainly protein and vegetables and even maybe have a few slices of turkey before I go to the restaurant so I'm not famished if I know they have the, my favorite bread. So I am thinking, but I've, I don't think I've ever looked at a menu before. So that's, that's impressive. But I have, when I'm there, looked at the menu sometimes and now the cal it's amazing to me that the research shows that calorie counts don't really matter that much for the most of the people. Oh, when I'm they make their decisions, I know. I mean, I'm like, I can't believe how that can either. You I can't that. even imagine that people will not pay attention to that. But that's in what any the way. research shows. I know. I read shows that too. That people who need to pay attention don't. And the people that don't really need to pay attention do. do so right. we are, and we're, that's maybe why we're staying healthy. I don't know, but <laughs> it's, it's so funny. Like there are some, like, there are a lot of restaurants that will change, it. but they've actually changed the name of some of their locations. <laughs> so they don't have to put the calorie counts on the menu. Yeah. Oh, because it has to be only has to be a certain of, number of wow. restaurants that you have to have, yeah. which is pretty extreme. But I get it. I totally get it. Well, and the I mean, the other thing, too, with food labels, I mean, that and, and this has changed, too. I don't know how you've handled this, because a lot of the times remember when they it was like, uh, you know, this only has 100 calories, but there's five calories per serving. So it's actually, wait, this tiny little thing right. actually has 500 right. calories. It'll so say 1.6 <laughs> servings, about X number of servings. Right. I always do the math. Like the best thing and the best advice I can give people is just flip that bag around and then do the math. If it's four servings and you just figure out how much the whole bag has. And then you say, okay, then you work backwards. You're like, okay, that's really not six servings for me. It's really three. So what is that? And you have to be, you know, they said you never would use algebra, but I use it every day because of that, because is of food algebra? labels. Yeah. There's equations. Well, you multiply. Equation. Well, okay. it's X variable. I don't know. This is maybe a, why I can't help my son. with. I like to say it's algebra. It's, okay, it's, it makes me sound smarter. Let's go with that. <laughs> I thought I was good in math, but maybe not. No, I mean, you know what I, what I try to do actually, I make it even easier and maybe this is, I'm sorry for those of you who are really committed to the environment, but for me, it's all about single single servings. servings. I, I just yeah. or getting organized enough to every Sunday night do stuff in single servings because otherwise, and this is there is something and research has shown this right. There's something psychological about opening up that second pack of nuts mm -hmm. and the third and the and the behavior of having to go do that where I feel like it it stops me and especially with like chips and stuff. Yes, like, I, I mean, don't we, want a big bag of chips. In like my house. we we both we love. Pop chips were, you know, mm -hmm. the founder of that company was a good friend of ours. <laughs> we ate a lot of pop chips over the years. But if you back gave in the me day. back in the day, um, but if you gave me a big bag of pop chips, there's no way I'm going to, 
I, although, no, I, I'm going to lie. I have counted out like 14 chips. I, I am sometimes that person. Do you do that? Uh, <laughs> I will break down the servings. I have, I have, but uh, luckily pop chips started making single servings pretty early on. And even the bigger bags are only, I think three servings. So it's not that awful. Yeah. Like no. I, again, I do that math and I'm like, well, if I slip up and eat the whole bag, it's 340 calories or whatever. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not like a 16 serving. My biggest problem was pretzels. Like mm. literally in my early twenties, I would have a giant bag of pretzels with like 16 servings before I knew it, I would eat half the bag. Yeah. So that was my downfall. Mine was Twizzlers. Remember when, cause in the eighties, we, in nineties, we thought, oh, they're fat free. They're right. fine. I literally remember walking around the hospital when I was training with like a bag of Twizzlers and, and thinking I was so virtuous. And meanwhile, I like gained 30 pounds during my residency. <laughs> and I'm like, God, I'm just eating like fat free candy and, and fat free bagels and cream cheese and fat free pasta with fat free sauce and fat free mm -hmm. cookies. We were all doing and, that. I mean, and, and I'm like, I'm like bloated and exhausted and my energy levels were, well, of course I wasn't sleeping at the time either, but you know, that's a, things have changed. I think these, and I, I do love the, the transition that you've made the last four books to the, the all natural, because I think there is emerging research that's showing that some of these food additives and artificial sweeteners and things probably aren't so good for us in the long term, and even their effect on our brain, their effect on our gut. So I think, you know, this is, this is, a great transition, I think. And, and the fact that you can still make things so easy and delicious, like what are some of your, what are some of your favorite food swaps? Cause I think that's a cool idea. People think they have to just eat boiled chicken and steamed broccoli to be on a diet, but, or to be healthier. What are some of the best things that you swap out? Um, I love swapping out vegetables instead of pasta. So I like turning anything into a noodle and that's very helpful. Um, I use a lot of Greek yogurt. So to make things creamier, I use Greek yogurt all the time. I use a lot of egg, like egg whites or egg substitute instead of full eggs. That's a great swap. Almond milk, I use unsweetened vanilla almond milk in everything because it is 30 calories a cup and you can make things really, really I creamy. I love the flavor of it. But oh, I yeah, love it. I do. I love the. There's uh, a lot of really good milk swaps now, though. Are there? I know. I love the unsweetened mm -hmm. coconut mm -hmm. milk beverage, you have to call it. Yes. But. Beverage. Because um, well, it's that, not a milk. It's technically. not coconut. It's not a milk. Right. And it's not. I made the mistake once of telling my one of my patients, who ironically was a triple board certified doctor in San Francisco, that she should start putting coconut milk in her smoothies. And she got the can. Oh no! And like Coco Loco, the no. nine nine thousand calories a can, yeah, like all sugar, can oh coconut milk, she and she knew like, what she was doing. No, she did not. She, <laughs> trust me, she did not know what she was. She was a pretty intense, focused person. So, oh um, boy, no, but that yeah, she was so. like, "This is the best coffee I've ever had in my yeah, life." No, this is the, this. Smoothie, she's like the smoothie, <laughs> smoothie made me sick. It was so filling. I'm like. Hmm, what did you put in it again? And which I was, she's like, well, just, you know, coconut milk, like you said. And I'm like, out of a box or a can? She's like, can. Oh, and I'm boy. Like, oh, God. No, this is not going to be good. <laughs> um, so let's talk about food trends because you're on the cutting edge of food trends. What are you, what are you excited about? What's, what's on the pipeline? Well, you know, I feel like vegetable, vegetable, vegetable is still like huge and turning things like we're going to see more things like jicama tortillas. Do you know, mm. have you, 
I've not even heard, no. It's, mm-hmm. I like anything that is like, it changes your bread from bread into something healthier because I love like a good wrap or a good sandwich. So I think more substitutions for that are on the horizon. And then using vegetables in creative ways, like, and more conveniently. Like I feel what? like that's kind of like, you know, how you can, things pre-sliced, zig, you know, like the Trader Joe's zigzag, butternut squash zigzags, yeah, already pre-cut, cool. all the pre-spiralized, pre-riced cauliflower, all the versions of it. Like Green Giant makes um, like a stuffing, like an actual Thanksgiving stuffing out of cauliflower rice. Really? You can get it in the supermarket. Okay. So the more creative companies are becoming with vegetables, the easier it is for us because they're taking all the hard work out of it. Yeah, because I, I have a really hard, I love the, well, I don't like rice that much, but I actually do love cauliflower, but I have a really hard time making cauliflower, I have a hard time making anything taste good, but <laughs> particularly cauliflower rice. Like, so if it can be pre-done, pre-seasoned, and even, you know, with my knowledge of herbs and spices, I, I, I still struggle with that, so. Well, cauliflower rice just takes on the flavor of whatever it is you put in there, whatever yeah. sauce, whatever spices that you put in there. I was using the other day, actually, on my Amazon show, I was using this cheese powder. There are a lot of, I don't know if you've ever, it sounds kind of weird, but there's a company called Healthier Comforts that makes a great cheese powder. And basically you just add water and it's all natural and there's, it's non-GMO and it's gluten-free and it's great. And you can make powdered peanut butter. It's similar because you add water and you reconstitute it, but like you could put that on cauliflower rice and it makes it, it tastes like mac and cheese and truffle salt. If you're not sodium averse, but if you add that and some truffle salt, it's like, Incredible. That actually sounds pretty amazing. It's really yummy. Yeah, no, that sounds and like an indulgent side dish. I might even be able to make that one myself. <laughs> I think you I could. Mean, I think you could you swing it. you make a list of that, Madison? <laughs> Madison's my assistant. We'll put that Melina to try to make this side dish, and then I'll give you full credit. All you need course. is a tablespoon. Um, <laughs> you know, but I, I think people do need to be careful because one of the things that I've seen with cauliflower in particular is when they do cauliflower crust and cauliflower gnocchi and most of that is potato and then they put like fairy dust of cauliflower in yeah it. And, and so that i'm a little you know yeah, that's I look, not the best i you have to like let the buyer beware if something seems too good to be true usually it is so if you're gonna go to cpk no offense to cpk if you get their cauliflower crust it's still mostly it's like probably 95 percent bread flour and then they add a little bit of cauliflower. So you have to just pay attention. You have to read the labels. You have to read the boxes and see what's actually in it. Plus, if you taste it and the texture is exactly like bread, it's probably 90% bread, you yeah. know? But. Well, I love the idea of actually incorporating real vegetables into everything because that's something that, honestly, 90% of Americans do not get enough vegetables. And and it's it's just really, and I think a lot of it is because we're always on the run. We're, we, we just don't take the time eating on the run. Vegetables have to be fresh. So I think you're taking away a lot of the barriers for people, which I really love. So what is your Amazon show? Because that sounds kind of cool. What do we, we get to watch you cook? It's, I mean, I cook sometimes. It's about snacks. It's called uh, Hungry Girls Snacks and Hacks One Stop Shopping Show. And it's every other Thursday. It's at five o'clock Pacific time. And it's on Amazon Live, which is, you know, it's on the app. You can click on live or you can just go to, if you go to hungry-girl.com slash Amazon Live, you could find out how to watch it. But basically there's a lot of good deals and good prices on things and snack and hack ideas. And it's just a lot of fun. But you, just to be clear, like you work with a lot of brands, but they're all brands that you, you do not work with brands that you do not 
like exactly and use and exactly you know, so you know is- it's it has to be authentic and like when i started hungry girl like one of the things i love i always said i was a, a food gossip like i would stand behind you at the supermarket and watch what you were putting in your cart and be like excuse me i see you're buying this but this tastes so much better than that and it's a similar product like i was that freak that did that and so now i get to do that on a grand scale and when i started hungry girl i really wanted it to be a resource for people that they could find to be very helpful. So I don't, I have turned down so many potential deals because I thought the product wouldn't either resonate with the audience or it didn't taste good enough or it just didn't hit the right marks. So everything that you see in every company that I partner with, it's a product that I really believe in. And I think it's so important because I don't want, I take it so personally. Like if I I read every email that comes in and if an email comes in and and they're like, hungry girl, you told me to buy this and I, I don't think it tastes good. I will literally right back to every person who does that. I'll be like, wow. try it again. Like, try it this way. <laughs> Add this to it. Because I, I feel like I have universal taste buds. So I, I know what people like. And I, I, I do. I take it personally if they don't if they don't agree with that's me. A, that's, Maybe that's, that's a weird. lot of time. To, uh, because, I mean, I'm sure so you what have else am thousands I doing? of emails. <laughs> well, exercising. How? Well, t- let's talk. Let's, we, have, we don't have that much time left. But how how's COVID been for you? Like, I mean, is it if you double down on the uh, and you're like den just doing recipes in Hungryland? I mean, COVID it? honestly, it it was great for business, terrible in general, and really weird for the world. But people are cooking at home more. They need more advice. They need more help. They're buying at supermarkets more. Um, so business wise, it's been good. And then for the whole first year of COVID, when we were on full lockdown, I decided to go live on Facebook almost every night. So I I probably went live a hundred times, at least making things, just like creating new things and giving people ideas. And I felt it really helped me get through it and like helped me stay closer to the audience. And I loved it. Um, And also I started walking a ton because it's like, I don't like strenuous exercise. I have my Peloton and I, and I go through phases where I'm spinning a lot or not. Not, but I do walk, and I, for 371 days, I walked over 30,000 steps a day. Oh my god! So I was basically crazy. Well, and I love what you coined a thing that I loved. I think I stole that from you too. I've house walking. Yes, <laughs> I love the idea of house walking. Yeah, like, I've walked. Over, I've walked 20,000 steps today if already. If you're not there with your steps, <laughs> no. But I'll do it at night now. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so close, and you just start walking around the living room, or even just picking up the phone and calling somebody, mm-hmm. and just walking around the house. My dog, my dog, your, your dog probably thinks you're crazy. Your family is really frustrated. I get it. They don't even notice. um, No, I love it. I think that, so that's amazing. And I also, I mean, one of the things that, I mean, I bet you helped a lot of people during COVID because you, everybody was turning to comfort food, but you make comfort food better so that they didn't necessarily gain the COVID-19 because all of your recipes are, are I mean, you have a lot of like, comfort food recipes, right? But yeah, because I love junk food. Like, I really do. I'm sorry. Like, French fries are my favorite food. Pizza, French fries are my favorite, too. Burgers. Sweet potato fries. I love, but I, I'll turn anything into a French fry. Don't think I haven't tried to turn every vegetable under the sun into a French fry. Yeah. Turnips work really well. Carrots. Turnips? Work. If you like sweet potato fries, you would like carrot fries because they're basically, they taste the same. Sweet, orange, <laughs> you know, crunchy. Okay, let's go with that. No, well, well sweet potatoes are healthy. They're just yeah. a little dense. Right, so I'll mix them. Right, yeah. so I'll mix right. sweet potatoes with carrots. So Ooh, I'll do half and half. See, I would do that. 
I would yeah. really like that. Look at this. You're like, give it. You're, she's transforming my life, folks. <laughs> this is amazing. So what else? What do you, what do you, what are, what are you working on these days? What's up for you next? You've got like well, the, the empire you've built. The, you're my idol. I mean, we've known oh, each stop. other since 2007. I know I've we've seen, known each other for a really it's long so time. so cool. I didn't even no, know it was crazy. before your first book. But yeah, it was um, totally. So what, what's next for you? I mean, you've done the TV thing. You've done the 15 books. You've. Got everything I have another book. I have the fifteenth book coming out next year, but I have a magazine that oh, comes right, out a few times right. a year. So that's um, I've uh, contributed to that. Yes, too. you have. Thank happy you. To, uh, do a little Q and A in that. The magazine and is beautiful. Get that wherever magazines at the usually at the at the checkout stand of the supermarket. So there's one that's out now. I don't know when we're airing exactly, but um, usually there's like three issues a year. So it's not like it's monthly, but they're really they're really nice. Those magazines are beautiful. They are beautiful. Very proud of the magazine. And it's recipe, and you do everything. It's recipes, mostly recipes, but stories with information and hacks and tips and tricks. But each issue has usually at least sixty five recipes, so it's almost like a little book. Wow. That's amazing. How do you not gain weight trying all these recipes all the I mean, time? I, I guess you're walking 30 I walk a lot, but steps. I also go up and down five pounds, and I'm like five feet tall. So I feel like I go up two sizes or down two sizes based on how much recipe development I'm doing. But I try not to let myself gain more than five pounds. Yeah. You have to be aware of it. I don't you know. Do. You have to just, you just have to. I tell people, it's so funny, God, we, you and I, you're not, you're, you're, I'm going to give you an honorary doctorate, honestly, because you know more than the average weight loss expert from a practical standpoint. I mean, I tell people, you know, give yourself a weight, weight don't weigh yourself, or you'll drive yourself crazy. I mean, mm -hmm. our weight can change from hormones. If you have a bowl of salty soup, it can go up. If you have sushi with like soy sauce, the weight can go up. If it's that time of month, if you've just gotten off an airplane, if you're backed up a little bit, there's so many reasons why the scale can go up a little bit from day to day and fluctuate. You can drive yourself crazy. But once you get that that five pound one way or the other, that's like your caution. That's mm -hmm. take action. That should be where the warning light. So I, I'm the same way with myself. I don't even weigh myself. I can tell by how my clothes how are things fitting. fit yeah. and I how you really, feel. I mean, totally. I would weigh myself. I just can't find the scale half the time. <laughs> I can't figure. find the scale. I can't find it. But I want to finish up because I mean, you've got so many fans all over the world, probably. What are some of the like, what are some fan stories that like really moved you? Because I know I've heard I've been at your events. I have heard firsthand how you've changed people's lives what are what are some that like jump out in your head i mean obviously without naming names or anything like that oh julie there have been a from few. south bend alabama I, I love julie she's the yeah, best yeah, yeah, well she, we do the magazine has success stories so we always have good stories from people but like the most memorable ones i think you know a lot of them have to do with men because i would say 98 percent of the audience that you know, the Hungry Girl audience is mostly women. But I remember my first book signing at in Columbus Circle in Manhattan, and it was, I was so nervous. I can't even tell you how nervous I was. And there was this, the cutest man in the universe showed up. He was really handsome, and he was in a suit. And he came up to me, and he said, I have to tell you, look, I'm here. My wife is here, but she's shopping. She's not going to sit in the event, because this is my thing. But you helped me lose 81 pounds. And I was just in tears. It was so, it was like the most memorable fan experience I ever had. And it meant so much to me. Um, and over the years, just meeting anyone that I've affected positively, it, it never gets old like it's just so exciting you experience the same thing it's like whatever you do or you say that resonates that helps flip that switch that helps make people sort of make the change and make themselves healthier is just 
it's an, it's an incredible feeling. I love yeah, it. Yeah, no, I love it too. It's it's so gratifying and people don't, you know, they sometimes they're sometimes in this world of hiding behind your mouse. They're really quick to criticize, but you know, I mean, we really do love to hear the positive stuff and and the and the feedback and the success stories, small or large. I think even small things make a difference to me. And if, even if it's not them getting to their goal weight, but adopting healthy habits. And I mean, what I love about what you do is that you do it in a way to make their life better. I mean, I really do feel like you, you know, all of your approach can only make people's lives better. And I, I just admire that and appreciate that so much because, you know, I am not a uh, cook or a chef or anything. I'm a doctor, but I'm also hungry, but I don't have the, uh, the team or the... Uh, the well i do i do the traders are shopping list but i i really do love it so all right so they can where do they, where does people go to learn more about you they there's multiple different things sign up for the newsletter i think the emails um if you go to hungry-girl.com everything is there so like but that's where you can sign up and that's where you can find out all about the hungry girl world of course i'm on social there's a very very um a, a large and powerful facebook community there's like a group as part of my page and that that group has probably like 80,000 people. And that's like a very big support group for people. Like I, it's not even like something I'm involved in day to day. It's more or less just everyone on their own and they love it. People if you know, it's, they're oh, very supportive so cool. of each other. And they've got like changing ideas. Yeah, and exactly. And maybe and posting little... memes and annoying the hell out of each other, but oh, whatever, yeah. you know, in general, it's good. I love that. Well, the community part is so important. And I mean, that's important, a part of health and longevity too, is having a sense of belonging and connecting to somebody. So I love that. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm very excited about all of this. I think we're going to talk you into doing a book giveaway. So for people listening, sign up for her, but also subscribe to my podcast as well. And uh, I will eventually put together an email list, but we will let you know about, because Lisa's books are too amazing and I want to share some of them with the world. So Lisa, thank, thank you. you so much. As anticipated, this has been, a, it's wonderful to have you as a friend and a colleague. And I think you have such an important role in this world. And I, I find what we do so complimentary. I'm really, I'm grateful to have you in my life. Well, uh, back at you times 10. And thank you so much for having me. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> uh, you've been listening to Practically Healthy by Dr. Melina, weekly podcast. I will have amazing guests every single week to give you practical ways of being the best person that you possibly can. So please subscribe. Please tell your friends. Email me questions, comments. I want to talk about things you want to talk about. I want to ask people questions you want to know. So reach out to me anytime, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I did. Have a great day.